Welcome to the Mike on Much Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Veerman. We're here with our friend and trusted producer, Max Kerman. And rejoining the pod after a week away is our pop culture aficionado, Shane Cunningham. Shane, welcome back. Glad to be here. How you doing? We missed you. <laughs> Happy Good. to be here. Like you haven't been here for every episode for five years. <laughs> yeah. How was the last episode? I heard you guys were stirring up controversy. Max is like borderline Trump supporter with his Rogan's, Joe Rogan support. <laughs> I don't know. I, I didn't listen to the episode. What happened? But um, the DMs are are pretty wild. Everyone's saying, never talk about this again. Like, what oh, did you do? No, 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 no. We were just talking about um, how the media world is so siloed, how everybody has the, is in their own echo chamber. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about, you know, what are sort of, yeah, what are voices that speak to a lot of different people? I don't know. Well, you know, Max, I hate episode. to break it to you, but you've had this conversation before on a podcast where you were <laughs> like, guys, you know, I was thinking, who's the voice of this generation? And then we all chipped in and then you decided it was Dave Chappelle. And Oh, I we, said we, Dave Chappelle last time? Yeah, we, we've had this conversation. Oh, okay. Yeah, it feels like, you know, even in thinking about topics for this week's episode, I, I was like, nope, I already talked about that. It feels like I only like to talk about the same three things, but I have a new answer. I know I said Chappelle before, no. uh, you new know, Brian. I mentioned, yeah, I know. I mentioned Oprah as one. Uh, up here in Canada, though, uh, Ron McLean, um, he was talking about how he just got the vaccine. And him and someone tweeted that Ron McLean on Hockey Night in Canada talking about the vaccine getting the vaccine is probably one of the best people you could uh, get to kind of spread that message. So uh, yeah, Ron McClain, I think, even though there's some crazy people that hate Ron because of the way they think he abandoned Don Cherry. This is like kind of like kind of seemingly alt-right. The list is Don Cherry. <laughs> <laughs> the end. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, uh, it was it was a fun episode. Erica filled in admirably for you, but we're happy you're back. How do the ratings hold up when a guy like me backs out of an episode? Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, are there stats on this? I've never looked at the numbers for this podcast. Okay, like me once. either. I, I was just no, curious. I was, you know, I was a little, I was a little surprised we were moving forward. You know, Shane, he's like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm gone for this week. We've got oh, yeah. this thing playing with <laughs> Alex. I, 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 so when the, the message came through, I'm like, oh, we're, we're still doing it this week. Maxi. And then I get on this thing and I'm like, well, you were like, are, are we sure we're doing this? You know, like, you know, Shane might not be, you know, she's our guy. Like, you know, he might be actually was our a guy, little, yeah. uh, was our guy. <laughs> he might be actually a little hurt that, that even though like he said, go ahead, he'd assume that we'd go, no, 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 we absolutely couldn't. And then I was like, yeah, sure. We'll go ahead. <laughs> I said, and go then, ahead as a joke. <laughs> I knew it. Like, <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, Mike is obviously a little more sensitive to your rhythms than I am. I'm just yeah. like, nah, fuck it. Let, let yeah, he's my Ron McClain who wouldn't abandon me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the Don Cherry in this scenario, I guess. Not the best way to be. Uh, but it's fun. It's good. Yeah, episode. yeah. But we are uh, thrilled to have you back. What's been going on? How was your? How was your? Where were you? P P E C P P E C at an Airbnb. Prince Edward County for the non Canadians or Ontarians listening to this podcast. Did you get hooked up? Was that an influencer hookup? No, no. I just assume when anybody does anything now, it's just like, well, we got hooked up because we're. We could have got hooked up, but sometimes the hookups are more expensive than the non hookups. <laughs> <It's> true. <laughs> so. It was like this really <laughs> this really nice place is like, oh, we'll let you stay there, but it's um it's gonna be instead of seven fifty a night, it'll be seven fifty for two nights. So right. they're giving us fifty percent off, but then you get a really nice place, like a house, for a hundred fifty a night. Mm. So I was like, I don't wanna play pay three fifty a night yeah, for yeah. A, a worse place. Mm-hmm. They're both nice places. But we really got caught up into, as you know, Max, the world of TikTok while we were on this trip. Mm. Because 
two of our videos ended up with over 5 million downloads. Actually, that's a lie. One video got 7.5 million <laughs> views yeah. and one got 4.2. And I've never actually gone viral before in my life. So I was looking up the definition for viral. It's if you get 5 million views within three to seven days, you're viral. So I've officially <laughs> What is that, in like the Webster's Dictionary or something? Like who, yeah, who made like, this up? Well, some guy made it up and they say this is largely viewed as the way viral <laughs> the is defined. Okay. Yeah, <clears throat> that's the standard. I don't know. Someone needs to define it and then people will go, yes, this is a, This is like an insanely, I mean, you you have talked about wanting to go viral. You, 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 yes. you, you are into this. And so on your vacation week, you managed to accomplish over 10 million views collectively with those pretty two much yeah so we were like whoa and then our other video got a million views and then we had one get five hundred thousand, and then one get two hundred thousand. we were like oh my god we're like huge tiktok stars now and we couldn't believe it so we were it was almost a, a detriment to the trip because you just you're trying to relax but you feel your phone in your pocket and you're like oh did it buzz and it, it's not <laughs> buzzing but it's like it, it was a very weird adrenaline high and then, you know, you crash. Well, well, it shows the power of these apps and especially the way TikTok like um, passes things along. So it's like, you know, with Instagram, you're sort of capped out on basically like how many followers you have. But 100%. because but because the algorithm, if the thing does well, shoots it out to anybody that has a TikTok account, the numbers feel like super massive and they are inflated or maybe inflated is the wrong word, but they're just reaching so many different kinds of people because that is the nature of the app. It's not based on the followers. It's based on sort of like who your video ends up on their phone. So I, uh, we had one kind of do not crazy gangbusters like you, but I had a similar week where uh, we had one video that I think has like, I don't know, it's up to 300,000 views or something like that, which is more than we, we typically get. But my phone kept on going off and I kind of became obsessed and hours passed by and you're just like not paying attention to anything else and you're getting really high and then the next day it doesn't happen and you kind of feel empty. It, mm-hmm. it, it is a powerful, powerful drug. The, yeah. the, the, this particular, I understand more and more what makes TikTok so addictive and powerful. And it is, I think, a lot to do with just the way people see those streaming numbers and just get high and feel so fucking good about themselves. But once you unlock the code, it really makes you understand TikTok. Like no offense to you, Max, but I feel like you didn't understand it until the last week. And now I feel like you're like, you're getting the Rubik's cube sorted. Actually, uh, I think a pod listener, uh, I, I posted a TikTok that I made last night. I posted it today. It's uh, sort of like a One Direction joke. You helped me out yes. on it, uh, Shane. Yeah. And somebody just um, to, uh, Instagram me, uh, say, Max, your TikTok content has been very funny recently. Very impressed. Comedy gold. And then I just responded, it's all Shane. And then she oh. said, yeah. And then she said, well, but someone has to execute it. So give yourself some credit. Anyway. Um, well, we also have to talk about Jillian Smart here because you're <laughs> the Good. person I'm using to help me. You're kind of getting advice from her and she's yeah. helping you and I'm helping you. So it's it's a really interesting creative uh, brainstorm. Yeah. They, she clearly like knows why the app is different than other apps, than all other apps. And so... You know, I, I called her, this was probably like last Wednesday, and I was like, okay, I have this idea, and this is kind of what I want to do. Can we just talk about this for like a, a few minutes? And she's like, okay, I like that idea, but you kind of have to flip it on its head. So it's like the proposition that you're suggesting, I, I got to think of a good example for it. But basically, it's like there's a TikTok speak 
that is all about basically human psychology, which is what is the hook in the first two seconds that will keep people keep the watching. watch time up. Yeah, keep, yeah. yeah, and so it's like the same idea but just inverted sometimes it's and a lot of it is like has to do with like negative psychology which is bad it's like what i would wear if i wasn't judged or something as opposed to what i wear to make me feels good or something you know what i mean like the the yeah. first one is better because it has like the negative to it um anyway all to say i don't love all of tiktok and there's parts of tiktok that i actually didn't really enjoy other parts that i fucking think is terrible for you know human nature but uh, but it has been cool to le- unlock some of the the secrets, which I'm sure you 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 know figured out a few weeks ago, month ago. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Shane, yeah. it feels like Shane with these huge numbers. It feels like you're like Doctor Strange. I feel like you're operating now with like a a 4D knowledge of how this all works. Well, yeah. Well, it's all it's Jillian teaching me, and then it's it's a lot like our brainstorms, honestly, Mike. Like when we all get together, we make each other better, and a, an idea that's kind of good, you can supercharge it with fresh ears and a fresh mind and an outlook. And then you put a little twist on it and you combine that with someone who actually knows how to navigate the app and it can really cut it through the algorithm. Yeah. Let's give a shout to what's Jillian's. How can you, if anyone's interested in TikTok, Sunday best. So if you are out there and you want to learn how to get good at TikTok, uh, she's open for business. So hit her up and hire her. When we started with her 30 days ago, roughly, we had a hundred TikTok followers. Now we have almost 10,000. In 30 days. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. It's incredible. Uh, last question about sort of going viral like that. So now, like, did you, do you feel the way that you thought you would feel after getting 10 million collective views on two videos? Yeah. Very cool. Very, you feel like you're the <laughs> smartest person in the world. Yep. You feel like, um, oh, like I knew everyone would think that. Like there's this one TikTok I recorded where this woman from Moana sounds like Adam Sandler. And I'm telling Alex, I'm like, this would be something that would resonate because it's going to be polarizing. Some people are going to hear it. Some people aren't. It's going to be like blue dress, gold dress. And Alex is like, nah, like whatever. So usually if Alex thinks a TikTok is going to work, she'll dress up and look nice. But this one, she's just wearing like a like a weed store shirt. Like it's actually like this <laughs> weed brand. Hair, mask, no makeup. So I was like, oh, Alex really doesn't believe in this video. Records it, puts the phone down. She's like, what do you think? I'm like, sure, that's the beginning part. Now we'll play the Moana clip and boom, it's going to do well. She's like, oh, is it? Gets like 100,000 views within 10 minutes and she starts freaking out. Like, why didn't I get ready and look nice? So now she's very respectful of my ideas, which, you know, <laughs> when something goes viral, you do get a little swag. It's like, oh, you know, I do this for a living. I'm creative. Well, you, you know what I was <laughs> thinking about it? So you helped me out with this premise where basically I've been talking a lot about these like dad shoes, these New Balance shoes I've been wearing. Yeah. And basically uh, the premise is, is like, ah, I wasn't sure if I was going to keep wearing these New Balance shoes. People say I look lame in them. And then it pans down to me tying the shoelaces, pans back out, and it's my dad wearing the exact same outfit. And then me overdubbing going, but I think I look pretty cool. And it's, but it's it's my dad saying that yep. and it is such a shane idea like and so Shane, my question for you is like you've been doing these kind of comedic bits forever do you feel like you were born in the wrong generation what do you mean because if you were a 16 year old right now like you would be the king of tiktok not to say that you're not the king of tiktok right now but it feels like this style of comedy this sort of cheap 
kind of like uh no no it's true <laughs> it's cheap. Making it worse. <laughs> I know. but it's just like you're like when you were making movies like with, yeah. with Bert honestly I, I was just gonna like, say it, this it has the same aesthetic it has the same aesthetic of i those know movies but i had something in, like back in the day when i started making these videos youtube and tiktok had the exact same algorithm that's why everyone needs to get on tiktok now and capitalize on this unique algorithm because they're going to change it and they're going to start doing what instagram does which is bottleneck it based on how many followers you have Mm. but when i would put the very first youtube video i ever put up got almost a million views then i would get thirty thousand views eighty thousand views so it's like that on tiktok you'll you'll put something up you'll get twenty two thousand views and be like yeah that that bombed then you'll get a hundred thousand you'll be like that's really good and then anything over that is amazing right Mm. but i i was doing that on youtube so i was part of the exact same feeling like i consider early youtube the exact same as tiktok is now interesting yeah so i was part of it and that's why i i feel like i i got my job at much because Mm. of all those youtube videos i the only reason i stopped was i couldn't keep both up i couldn't keep a full-time job and youtuber i was going to be a youtuber if i didn't make it in a real professional job Mm-hmm. What's interesting about Max's premise, though, and like I think a lot of people have this thought sometimes, is like, is it's like, do you wish you were 16 now with the way that sort of technology is? Like you said, you could be like, who, you know, there was like all those YouTubers that got really popular like a decade ago, like King Batch or whoever those yes, people yeah. are. It's like Max's premise is that a 16 year old Shane right now literally might, you might get on SNL in a year from now because you would become so successful on, on TikTok. I'm convinced Jill actually will, but. Right now, I don't wish I was younger because I'm using my age to my advantage in a weird way on TikTok because we did, Jillian suggested this one video, which I thought was terrible, but I'm like, I'll trust Jill, where it's just Alex and I giving three relationship tips and it's very rudimentary tips. It's like, don't make these mistakes in relationship. It connected with the 16 to 20 year old crowd on TikTok and they're tagging their friends and it, got, it has like 400,000 views right now. And it's so simple and, in my opinion, just easy to do. Anyone could do it. But it's just resonating surely because of my age and because I'm with Alex and we're married. Whereas that video would not work had we not had that status. So I'm finding ways that my age is actually, since older people aren't on it, I'm a bit of an outlier kind of. Congrats on on going viral. That is a good week away. Uh, and uh, and Max, you too. Like you have Max, your video's out, but we're not talking about it really this week because we're mm-hmm. going to have Mark Myers on in another episode. Is that correct? Yeah, it would be fun to do like a you can get it centric episode. We'll do that next okay. week after everybody's played the song a thousand times. Um, but yeah, we because it feels weird not to talk about it. It's a huge no, no. part of your life right now. We do want to talk about it, yeah. and it'll be really fun. We'll have Mark Myers, the director, on to talk about the making of the music video, and we'll also probably get Chris. K flight on on uh, the pod as well, so it'll be like yeah. maybe we can I do love like a her. yeah yeah she's so cool you know I think we can get into this on the next episode but like it is so um, fresh feeling you know to have someone like her on a song we've never had like a proper feature with anybody and what she brings to the song feels like really unique once you get to the second verse and she really gets going you're like wow her voice is, is so cool I messaged you kind of out of the blue because the video came out and. The song was out, and then Danica was saying how much she loved the the song in the video, and oh, uh, and you you well you sent it along before like you were kind of moving forward with it, and then so I and she happened to be in the room, so I watched it with her, and she she was like I I love it, and um, and then I was kind of sitting there like a day or two later, and it was just it was in my mind like it was in mm. my mind, and I hadn't even heard it that day, and I just I just messaged you, and I was just like 
the song really is a banger. Like, do you <laughs> feel like this is one of your best? Yeah, I totally think it's like next level production. Just everything about it, like just the the song structure, the way you know we should get the producer uh, Ryan and Tom on the on the pod too. It'll be fun. Um, but we'll do that another day. We'll do, we'll we'll do, do this day. all in yeah. another episode. How many pods are going to be about this song? <laughs> it's going to be so a six. got four earmarked. <laughs> six part series? No, no, no. It'll be part of the same pod. It'll be just oh, okay. Just yeah, a three yeah, That'd pod, be funny yeah. if it was, like a, <laughs> it was like a true crime podcast. It's like seven episodes. Serial <laughs> intro. Yeah. yeah. Literally, Myers, Myers is going to do 40 minutes alone on building the wheel from Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so the pod will start like, is this thing on? Are we recording? Okay. Um, <laughs> So I'm sitting here in a library in the Lower East Side of New York. And <laughs> That's good. Um, all right. Well, guys, there is some topics of the day. And, and for our listeners, uh, just as, as, as a tease, later in the episode, we're going to have the cycling vigilante return for his second appearance on this show. Uh, we will have him in a little bit. But before that, do you want to do uh, the Cinnamon Toast Crunch guy, the star of, of Twitter last week and a yeah, bit into this week? Okay, uh, Shaney Boy, have you been following this at all? You were kind of on vacation when this all exploded. I have not. I, I know about it peripherally, but I don't exactly know the details at all. All right, so uh, this guy named Jensen Karp, who is like a producer, podcaster, like LA guy, uh, married to uh, Daniel Fischel, who played Topanga on Boy Meets oh World. Wow. <laughs> Did you not know that? No, I didn't. I like her, though. She yeah. was like my first crush, probably. Okay, well, okay, so th so this guy, Jensen Karp, uh, he's sort of had this, so to start from the start, basically, uh, I saw on Twitter, not knowing who this guy was, that basically he found shrimp tails in his cinnamon toast crunch, like with the baked in sugar, like it looked like some sort of factory accident where it got into the bag. And then some of the, the actual like cinnamon toast crunches had like weird black stuff in it that could, you know, he thought maybe it was like rat shit or something like that. But it, it was like, it was so off putting that it would kind of put you off cereal for a good long while if you saw these images. So he, I guess he tweets at, uh, at uh, whoever the company is, General Post, anyway. General Mills? At, General Mills, something like that. And they basically get back and say, oh, that's just clumped sugar. They, they basically kind of give them like a their social media person's like, yeah, that's not what you think it is. He gets so sort of furious at this sort of like quick brushing under the rug that he ends up going to Twitter with this. Uh, and he's like, this isn't true. You're trying to gaslight me. Like these are, these are shrimp tails, you know, and look at what's, you know. So then everybody kind of gets on board and he's sort of like, he goes truly viral. Uh, all like they're following the saga of him going back and forth with how the many views company. did he get? Or retweets? <laughs> and was it within I, three to five days? Because Mike, we can't go calling things viral if they're not. That's very true. I like. I would say it's probably like over you know a hundred thousand retweets or something oh, okay. like that, and engagement on like a very very high level. Ends up mm -hmm. becoming like an international story because he he's giving updates. He's like, okay, now the company is actually taking my thing. They want me to send the the fish to, or the 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 uh, shrimp tails in the mail to them. He's like, I'm not sending it in the mail. And and because he's like a, a comedy writer or a producer, like he works on shows and stuff. Um, like he worked on Drop the Mic and also he's like he knows how to sort of engage. So you're following along on this whole thing everybody's like sort of on his side then it comes out that he's married to Topanga which nobody knew yeah because I saw Topanga uh, trending she's trending all the time while it was happening I was like why is it Topanga because I wasn't really following it that closely but I saw Topanga trend. I was like is it what okay anyway so uh, that, that was a unexpected turn totally so you're like okay you're kind of following the story then what happens is like he's this LA guy he's this producer guy girls that he dated started basically saying this guy is not a good dude he is like, he's, 
He, you know, he's not honest. He's, you know, basically like a bunch of people came out and said, I had a terrible experience dating this guy. He's not a good dude. Then people he worked with, other podcasters like, yo, that guy stole like a podcast idea. He stole a title for this. <laughs> a woman that wrote like on Drop the Mic was like, listen, like he only hired me because they said he needed a person of color on the writing staff. And she sort of started detailing some of the ways that as the showrunner, he was like, anyway. So it was kind of like the whole sort of cycle of like thing goes viral guy becomes like sort of like internet famous or Twitter famous <laughs> Twitter. I don't Twitter. know why <laughs> becomes Twitter famous. Um, and then we kind of learn his backstory, which is bizarre. And then like the turn comes and it's like, this is not a nice guy. And now it's kind of just in this weird dead zone where everybody hates this guy. Everybody's like, fuck him. The cereals like cinnamon toast crunch was kind of like, this is probably the best thing that could have happened to them. Cause now no one's talking about the fucking cereal. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? They just talked about sort of the cycle that he went through, but I just found it so like fascinating and bizarre. And I do wonder where he goes from here or what this, you know, do you this- think it was a hoax? I think it was a hoax. This really? guy seems like an, I kind of, yeah, I think he, this guy just like, this is a funny bit. I'm going to do it. And then it, it took off in a way that he couldn't have expected. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just a, obviously I don't know the guy at all, but it just feels like, like he's a comedian. You know, everyone's online. He took it to Twitter. He was very bombastic about it. I don't know. It's like, and it, by the way, cause the thing is if it was actually true, and and he posted it and then they apologized or they said, oh, not really. He's like, okay, whatever. Like if you didn't actually give a shit about it, but to make it his like cause felt, feels very constructed to me. Well, something that's interesting was a lot of this sort of like online discourse with people that know him, like LA, different people tweeting and all that. I think like their thing was like, this guy's loving this. Like this, he's lived his whole life for this moment, you know? And I, I started thinking about like personality type, like, who this guy might be the way that he's been described as people by people who worked with him or, or dated him or whatever. The, and the it's tweets just, about the, uh, the ex-girlfriends are brutal too. Yeah. Like this oh, guy God. is not by all accounts, a good dude. And so like the turn actually feels weirdly satisfying where it's like five days ago, he thought like, I'm, I, this is it. This is my moment. You know what I mean? Like people know my name. Now it's like my wife's going viral. Cause I'm married to sort of this, this former TV star. And then it all just turned. And now it's like, is is, is, is is Topanga like, yo, dude, what the fuck is all this shit from your past? Like, yeah. who am I even married to? Like, is his life like ruined now because he engaged with Cinnamon Toast Crunch or you guys are suggesting, Shane, do you think it's a hoax? It sounds like something that would be hoax. Yeah, I thought that was going to be the twist. I didn't know it was going to be that he was such a bad dude, but I wonder if he thinks it's worth it. Like he, he will forever be defined by the cinnamon toast crunch as far as like public opinion. There's nowhere to really go from here, but just as far as like whatever his job is or whatever his next perspective job is or his podcast or any of these things, like do those, are they just gone now? Like, is he just sort of, but two years go by, do you think anyone remembers this or this man's face or his name? It's good the question. way the news cycle works. Well, the but people he, that hire in LA, yeah, right? Like I, I feel like they have a long, and this is such a big deal, right? This like took over the news cycle for, for four days. So, and in, in that community, it's not a huge community. So if you kind of like were vaguely aware of the guy, hey, that guy is kind of funny, whatever. And you, he could have been hired in two years because I'm like, oh, that guy is sort of funny comedian. But then now if he's applying for a job in two years, I'm like, oh, that guy, oh, he did the cinnamon toast crush thing. And a, seven women came out. Uh, okay, I don't want it. But the, the one of the questions I actually have for you guys is... I was thinking, you know, we're talking about like viral content basically, and you guys are both marketers. You guys are both like write ads as part of your your job. I find it really interesting that right now it's hard to predict 
what will be the thing that'll pop off for a brand because the the sales of cinnamon toast crunch are going through the roof there's all these like cooking shows and internet like chefs and stuff that are making recipes now with cinnamon toast crunch it's like it's truly like the best thing that's ever happened to them and similarly earlier in the year with ocean spray guy ocean spray could not have predicted that like you know they could have paid some ad, ad agency hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars to come up with concepts to sell stuff. But I feel like we're in such a, like we're in a part of culture where like every ad idea has kind of been done already that it's hard to actually make anybody go, whoa, you see that thing? That's cool. So I do think like, I guess this is more of a question about like the way advertising works is like, is it even possible to like create like a compelling campaign that really gets people talking that hasn't been done before? Or, or is it completely unpredictable? Because the, the, the two biggest like things I can think of related to brands in the last year are Ocean Spray and Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Mm-hmm. And those are things that nobody could have planned. But do you think there'll be another good movie again in your lifetime? Yeah. So it's the same same thing. It's it's hard, but there's enough good people out there. Will there will be a good advertising campaign? Yeah, and there's, not to say that there aren't like good. Ad, there's still. I just feel like ads used to hit harder or something. Well, like I, I think feel, the I feel way like that you're more viewing like iconic it, ad, yeah. The way that you're viewing it is like what you always talk about is like a replication, repeatable. How can you do something again? And the nature of these viral things. And this is the mistake I think a lot of people make is like you'll talk to different companies or they'll send an RFP and like we want it, we want to go viral. We want like a viable idea. But so many viral ideas are organic and authentic in a way that by their very nature you can't reproduce because it's not authentic. It's inauthentic to actually recreate something. So so the way that people frame it where they're like, oh, how do, how do I get an ocean spray moment? It's like, well, you, you can't, you know, and, and maybe that's not a maybe that's not the right thing to say, because obviously what you want to hear is it's like, yep, I can do that for you. But truthfully, like I think any ad person knows it's like you try your best to make a great campaign within the sort of parameters uh, or outside those parameters in the ways that you can. But I think something like an authentic dude, you know, skateboarding down an incline listening to fucking Fleetwood Mac and crushing ocean spray. That's just literally lottery shit. That's, that's luck of the draw. And I don't know if you can view conventional advertising like that. Cause it's not replicatable. Well, even that man couldn't replicate it because it, it became a little less cool. Once you researched that man and realized he had done hundreds of videos similar to that, that were very unnotable. So that one just happened to hit like people thought when you, when I first watched it, I was like, Oh, this is just a guy who lives by the beach. He doesn't care about social media, just recorded himself. It got out somehow and now it's blown up. But no, this guy was trying to do that, which instantly made it less cool. Yeah. Uh, I also find even in the music industry, it's hard. um, How songs perform has a lot to do with, you know, how they're doing virally, especially on TikTok. And, and it is, and I find it to be like impossible to predict what are the songs that end up popping off because it's like, oh, it wasn't the real song. It was the remix of the song. And it started to happen because somebody did a clothing swap to that moment of the song. Yeah. Or, there, or like you, Ghost or you Town's get, really popular right now. The cover of Ghost Town. Uh, kind I of feel it? kind of free. Yeah, oh. the cover of it. Yeah. Oh, see, why? Why is it popular right now? Because there is a trend where people are, like we recorded one where Alex puts the baby to sleep and then it m- matches frames with her getting up and having a glass of wine. And it's just, I feel kind of free. Mm. So it's like doing something that's shitty and then doing something that makes you feel free. 
Oh, yeah. And and Kanye couldn't have predicted four months ago. You know what's going to be my biggest song in you know March of 2021? A song I put out three years ago. That was, but like was, you said, it's the cover of it. It's not even him. And it's not even the cover of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so it's not even the original. Yeah, so I find, yeah, we're in this... Uh, it, it feels very like uncharted territory right now in in music and media. Just, well, I, I guess that's what I mean. The premise going forward then is like... Like, I mean, obviously people are always trying to break these codes and there is obviously patterns to things and there there are ways to give yourself the best probability of succeeding in certain sort of arenas. But I think, so then what's what's what do you do? I think all you do is like what you think is cool, whether it's writing a song or doing mm -hmm. a TikTok, whatever, like something Shane finds funny or a song that you would listen to. All you can do is produce as many of those as possible and then hope that it has that magic, I think, right? But it's like, if you're kind of, I don't know if you can build it. Do you guys think that you can like, can create one of these moments yeah but it, it's it's just throwing the spaghetti at the wall over and over and over again tick tick tock for instance is based off people emulating other things and when we started it we were like we can either do that or try to create original content but we've realized now creating completely original content is a way better way to get followers than hopping on the trends mm, interesting and I think if you think you're creative and you think you're good, I think you can create something, but it might take you a hundred tries. Totally. But that's the, what sucks. Advertising doesn't want to do that because each spot costs hundreds of thousands of dollars or millions of dollars. So you got to really believe in the creative and a lot of places don't want to do it. They want to play it safe because shit can blow up in your face. If you try something that hasn't been done before, that hasn't been vetted by an audience. Like we watch all these funny ads in our meetings that blew up in the Super Bowl because they missed the mark tonally yeah. like that Martin Luther King yeah. truck ad, which they thought was being very like, you know, powered everyone, but it just goes terribly. Yeah, it's interesting. And, and like you said, like, it's like you get one swing with a huge budget, right? And maybe the yeah, beauty exactly. of all of this sort of like accessible technology, whether it's TikTok or Instagram stories, whatever that is, is you can literally take a thousand swings because it costs you nothing except for your time and, and sort of brain power. Well, the sponsored ads at the top of when I, on TikTok, like for Toyota, for instance, it's like it looked like it cost six dollars, right? And then, but it's the nature of that aesthetic that they're clearly going for, which is different than a television ad. So, and and that's okay if the things live in different places, but uh, yeah, online it feels like we're definitely like the vibe of it is like not that clean, like slick Apple <laughs> commercial. Yeah. It's more just like selfie mode, you know, and it's like weird jump cuts and some crappy text on the screen. Which is like, which kind of gets back to that, like that, what, the authenticity, you know, the appearance of like, it, what you see is what you get. There is no sort of slick production. There is no like artifice ostensibly. Yeah. And so, and that, that's obviously very appealing right now. This is what the masses are consuming. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's move on to our next topic. The Suez Canal. There is a ship uh, that I think got loose today, actually, but this has been an ongoing saga, lots of jokes online. Um, but in the Suez Canal, which is a major like shipping route, uh, basically there's boats waiting. It's fucked up so many Did you know where it was when, when you first heard the news story, where the Suez Canal was? Like in Egypt? Yeah. You know, did you know that it was in Egypt when you heard it? 
I had a general idea, but I, I, I wouldn't have felt super confident answering on Jeopardy. I thought it was another name for the Pam, Panama Canal. I thought it was down oh. there. <laughs> I got it wrong. Shane, where did you think it was? Suez Canal. Um, I don't know any canals. I don't know anything. I don't, I don't know. How, if I walked two minutes away from my house, I would have trouble getting back. I need my iPhone with me at all times with the Maps app. Um, I actually have a condition where I cannot, I never know where I am. <laughs> What's the condition called? It's very long and hard to say, but it, it exists and I've realized I have it. Mm, that's cool. It's nice to have yeah. a name to something, <laughs> <It's cool>. you know? <laughs> so this boat got stuck. Everybody knows this news story. It's mm-hmm. been everywhere. One of the things that's been delightful about it is because it's like, like obviously a lot of people's, you know, businesses are, you know, some of these goods need to get places. There are important things going on, but because it's not tragic on like a level that is perceptible, it it's actually like comedic gold as far as social media goes. Like so many jokes have been flying about this boat yeah. getting stuck <laughs> that have just really been funny. And it's something that it feels like everyone can kind of laugh about. And because this boat's been stuck for like a week, it's like every day you check in, this boat is still blocking <laughs> this, this, this throughout this. Can this, I read um, you a couple of tweets? Hit us. Um, Rob Delaney, who's a great comedian. I don't even care that the ship is freed now. It's too late. My supply chain is fucked beyond repair. <laughs> 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 and then also, don't be sad it's over, in quotes. The Suez Canal ship. <laughs> like, don't, don't be sad it's over. Like like that line. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, so this has just been a very sort of like funny thing, but obviously a major, major uh, fuck up international story and, and, and just such a blunder of epic proportions that this boat sort of spun out of control and got jammed blocking the route. Max, mm. what you found interesting about this, why you want to talk about this, uh-huh. is because you wanted to know, have we personally ever fucked up something so big yeah. Well, on the level of the Suez Canal. The reason why I like these real world fuck ups is that uh, unlike the virtual reality that we're living in, something goes wrong, you you can uh, like undelete something, you you know, you recover the 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 email that you deleted, you know, your computer's fucked, you just like bring it to the Apple shop, they fix it. You know, like everything feels kind of fixable. Uh Obviously, there can be like tweets or or videos that you put out that you you you'd regret, and people and it lives on in infamy forever. But but what I like about this story is that there's like a real world fuck up where you're like, oh my god, like this is not just something that you can send an email to apologize about. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so um, Shane, do you does anybody anything come to mind in your life that you're like, oh god, this is a fuck up of colossal proportion well yeah i'm always fucking up every week but i think a big one would be where i was at my boss's cottage (laughs) and he had he had just sold that cottage this is randall our our (laughs) boss now and uh, he was all excited about his new cottage he bought this new baller cottage so we had one final night in the Mm. cottage and uh, alex does all my car driving I, i'm not good behind the wheel of a car so i prefer to be chauffeured around by alex just for everyone's safety you know and but at the at the cottage i, I felt like i was giving into the perception that men are supposed to drive the largely sexist view mm-hmm. so i wanted to seem like hey i'm the man in the relationship so i drive the car so when we left i was like alex listen i know you normally drive us home from the cottage but let me drive because I want to show the boss who's boss when, when it comes to driving the, our car. She's like a little scared, but she's like, okay, maybe we can pull off at the first rest stop and switch seats. <laughs> so I start driving away and everyone waves goodbye. Everyone's like seeing us out and like, oh, bye, Shane. But uh, I have it in the wrong gear and the, 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 it's on a hill. So I start driving up. 
And it's like, and the car starts going backwards halfway up the hill. And it starts going so fast, it's barreling towards the my boss's cottage that he just sold. And and then it's it's inches away from destroying this cottage that he just Were sold. Were you hitting the brake, though? I was trying to hit the brake, but it was on like mud and it was just the momentum of it. So everyone had everyone had to hold the car and it was like teetering over a cliff. And everyone had, do you, were you there, Mike? No, no, but I oh. heard about this thing, man. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think every single person at that cottage lost respect for me, thought I was an, <laughs> thought I was an idiot. And although nothing permanently was damaged, thank God. And, but I, I could have, like, we were dead. If we, if we actually hit it, we, Alex and I were both dead. There was a certainty because the cliff we would have fallen off to hit the cottage, like there was a little bit of a, a bump would have rolled the car into the cottage and it was teetering like a movie. So, but, but although that didn't happen and the cottage wasn't ruined, everyone will never forget that who was there that day. And I think it'll be talked about forever. Just how Shane is just this incompetent idiot. (laughs) I I haven't been back to that cottage in years and I don't think it's a coincidence, (laughs) but Randall had to actually drive the car. Once the car was safe, Randall drove the car up and just had it in the right gear and everything. Yeah. That it, that was an intense incline though, like I like I. It seems cr- crazy, but I can see how you got yourself into that pickle. It is a, it's a tough one that 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 yeah. incline. Terribly embarrassing. Mm. Okay, my my story um, that could, that came to mind was I might have mentioned this on the pod before. It, we the last sort of run of Ontario Arkell shows that we did. It was like sort of like Kingston, London, St. Catharines, the shows in Guelph, and we had this bit because people started to dress up in the fringe jackets. Uh, like like the signature Max fringe jacket. And there was a bit during the show in Only for a Moment where I would kind of spot people that were in the pit and I'd say like, come up on stage and like sing this last chorus with me is, is for the song Only for a Moment. And we did it uh, in London and it was great. And we did it in Peterborough and it was awesome. And then we were in Guelph and uh, each night, because we were posting on social media, there was like more and more people that were like dressed up in the fringe jacket. Like it was kind of becoming a thing. And we're in Guelph and um, this little boy who's probably like three years old, uh, his mom holds him up. I'm like, all right, bring up on stage. So mostly it's like probably like some guys, like most, most people are like in their 20s, mostly women all ready to dance and have a great time. Have I ever told you this story on the pod? No. no. Was okay. the three-year-old an asshole? No, no. So we're at the end of the catwalk. It's just me and I'm surrounded by like, you know, nine different, you know, people in these jackets. And I realize that the cat, that the stage is starting to shake and it feels like it's about to fucking collapse. Uh, and, and I wouldn't have noticed this in, when it was just me because it felt sturdy, but it was like, it felt like I'm like, holy shit. And I, and I do the math in my mind because I'm like, okay, there's about 12 seconds left in this song and then everybody will get the fuck off the stage. But like this thing cannot fucking collapse, but it really felt like it was about to. So I just looked down and there's this like three-year-old boy who's like kind of just stunned, like kind of having a good time. And I just like, pick up the boy <laughs> I'm like holding him in my arms waiting for the stage to collapse at any second and then like thank god it didn't and then they left the stage and I like handed the boy back to his family wow. I was like holy but I was like so fucking nervous because I was like it playing on my mind I was like this is going to be a disaster if this thing actually collapsed anyway the next night we're in St. Catharines I was like 
and I told our um, I, I told our tour manager all about it. I was like, I need if we're gonna do this bit, I need like twelve of the of like the crew guys to all stand and jump on the stage together to make sure that it's sound stress and, test. Yeah, and they did. And the, the arena in Guelph, the Sleeman Center, is would have been like the oldest arena with like the oldest staging like of the whole tour. So. Moving forward, I felt a lot better about it, but it was just like one of those moments where I'm like, what have I done? What the fuck have I done? And I was like just holding this little boy for dear life. Anyway, that, that was my Suez Canal well, story. I, I, well, yeah, no, I understand why that you want to do the Suez Canal story because your story involved you being heroic and potentially saving a child. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were just thinking that would be terrible press. <laughs> I know the way Max's brain works. <laughs> Okay, guys, it is the time in the show where returning for the second time is the cycling vigilante. You guys want to get to him? Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's bring him in. All right. Like we said off the top, we are joined once again by the cycling vigilante. We had, we had lots of notes the first time you were on. Uh, I'm sure this is going to be a very exciting segment uh, for everyone and exciting for us. Shane and I don't know what you're here to talk about necessarily cycling vigilante. Max just said he's coming back on. So welcome back to the show. Are you there, cycling vigilante? Mm, we can't hmm. hear you. He seems oh. better at being a vigilante than working Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. This is... Um... Cycling Vigilante is good at cycling and reading books. I don't know how good he is at... Uh... Oh, Yeah, hey! we can hear him. There he is. It's, uh, it's great to be back. Um, <laughs> I, I, I was excitedly... I went for a, a morning ride. This is a pleasure, mm. a pleasure ride, actually, this morning. Uh, and I was, oh, it, what, you were looking for trouble. I wasn't. This was actually pleasure. I wasn't. pleasure or business? Yeah, yeah pleasure. I, I was able to find it, but I wasn't specifically looking for it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, was able, I was telling my friend that uh, actually there, were, there was like a big call for me to come back uh, for the podcast. Three people, and he said, like, not related to you. I said, yeah, three people not related to me asked for me to be on the podcast. Um, so... So yeah, I'm enjoying my fame. It hasn't gotten to that level where it's like I can't go around, you know, and, and just enjoy my life and do groceries. So, but it's it's good. It's at a, it's at a healthy level. Um, so I've seen you cycling vigilante uh, since your last appearance, and you said you had some updates, uh, some maybe more interactions with uh, the vehicular vehicular population <laughs> or the auto vehicular i guess you're in a vehicle too yeah but yeah, yeah fill us in what what, what what kind of uh trouble have you got yourself into oh. around um you know in yorkville uh bluer and young is, is a disaster <laughs> oh my god i think the the extra the extra wide bike lanes just encourage like they're the perfect size for a dodge ram truck to park in so uh you get a lot of those um oh. and so this particular interaction was with uh with, with one there's a condo building right there, and so a lot of this guy had parked his truck, and he was told me he was waiting for his wife, and I said, "I'll wait for her too. That's good." I, you know, I, <laughs> you know, this is, this is what we do in bike lanes. We wait for people to come down from condos. So, uh, you know, we maybe exchanged some barbs, good naturedly overall. You know, I did, did the whole. Hold yeah. on a second. Hold on yeah. a second. Where were you going, by the way? I was on. I was finishing up a joy like ride. Um, I went, I'd gone down to the, the Leslie Street Spit, Tommy Thompson Park, and I, uh, and I do a, a kind of a lap up a 
across blue. I, I was yeah. gonna say I'm familiar with where you live and where Leslie Street Spit is. This is not on the way home at all. <laughs> you're you're deliberately going up north, far north than where you have to be, to uh, to monitor this bike. Is, this is what it sounds like to me. Is that that's correct? Not a stretch to, to suggest that. Uh, okay. And how yeah. old was this fella in the truck? I would say 43. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Carry on. And uh, so he's in his truck and. Um, Anyway, he starts jabbing at me saying, oh, you're just looking for your five minutes of fame. I'm like, I'm not going to say like your quoting of Warhol is a bit off. Um, or I don't know if he was if he was just trying to say like I'm not deserving of the 15 minutes. I don't know. In any case, whatever. We continued on. And um, so we're going back and forth. And then like the most amazing thing happens. Like what I've been hoping to happen for this like whole four or five months I've been doing this. A bike cop pulls up while this guy is parked in the bike lane. And like, for me, this is like seeing like your knight in shining armor. Like, this is just like tremendously (laughs) exciting. And and, and like, I I think that this guy is like as excited as I am um, about it. But he looks like, the, the, um, the bike cop looks like worn down. He's just like, Oh man, okay, I gotta do another one of these. And like, he's, I'm trying to like, you know, get him pumped up. Like, yeah, we're gonna do this. We're gonna get to this guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's like, oh. You, you, yeah, it probably wasn't good when you called the cop partner. Yeah, like, yeah, all right, yeah, partner, yeah. Are we gonna All right, partner, we gonna take down yeah. this guy. Or <laughs> back up, all right. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so, um, as this is all going down, I don't know, maybe I'm getting a little too pepped up. And this guy, this passerby, this comes on the street and he goes, man, I'm a cyclist, but you're an asshole. Says it to me. I was like, oh, you know. Uh, <laughs> says yeah, it to yeah. you. <laughs> Whoa. I was like, you're turning on your brother. Um, and um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And anyway, so um, it was uh, it was quite hilarious. And um, I, this whole time, you know, I'm like the, the, the cops, like you know, begrudgingly writing up this ticket. I honestly think he wouldn't have written it if I like wasn't like right there, like you know, like with like the big guiding, like pointing him towards the truck, be like, yes, this guy is parked there. Uh, but anyway, it sort of reminded me of that thing, like, never meet your heroes, because um, they'll let you down. And uh, This is this is actually what the cop is saying about yeah. you, once you realize you were the cycling vigilante. Yeah, yeah we work the same thing, just different sides of the law. Uh, yeah. So, so what happened? So, so basically, did the guy get a ticket? So, yeah, but then the, the, he, he did, but the whole time he's going, like, his voice totally changed, you know, from, from his tone that he used of derision with me. He was like, officer, officer, excuse me, I'm just trying to pick up my wife. I'm trying to pick up my wife. And uh, the officer doesn't care. He doesn't care about anything. He, like, hates his life. And he's just finishing writing up this ticket, and he's like, okay. Um, and then... The so he writes the ticket. The guy's like, "Oh, okay, whatever." As he as he's writing the ticket, his wife actually comes down finally, mm. um, and uh, I I have like a massive grin, like probably second only in my life to the Louis Vuitton grin. Like yeah. it, it, it was up there. <laughs> it was huge. Like caught in the act. It was great. Um, and so I'm like, "Okay, my work here or whatever is done." And uh, I say to the guy, oh, that was a bad use of 150 bucks. You should have just moved when I warned you. He pulls out a massive wad of $100 bills and just goes, waves at my face. and goes, oh, more money than you'll ever fucking have. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> 
<laughs> he's, he's probably not wrong. He's probably not wrong. <laughs> I, don't, I don't see the why. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I was gonna say something about like you know we live in like a really almost like a cashless society. I don't really see the like. Did you carry this around for this kind of purpose? Like what? <laughs> why do you need this much money in, in hundred dollar bills? Just, like just in case he needs to flex in any sort of dispute. Yeah. No. Totally. Yeah. It worked. I was like, wow. How much does a cycling vigilante make a year? Oh, it's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 a not for profit uh, <laughs> venture. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. do you have another job? I, I do have another right. job. Okay. That uh, that that is the only reason that I have to to hide behind um, this and this this cloak of anonymity. It's not out of cowardice. Um, I assure you, <laughs> it's uh, it's perhaps because some of the people who may pay my salary. They might be kind of the people that I would stop and ticket. So, oh, do you work in the automotive industry? <laughs> that would be all. Oh, that would be my undoing. That would never. That would be a, a complete betrayal of everything I stand for. Yeah. No. Um, but yeah. It would be funny to me if like this interaction with like the the dude with the truck who waved all the bills like turned him into your supervillain and he became cash man mm. like he's the guy that carries around all these bills and now he just starts trying to he's waiting you out like he'll just be parking at random spots in yorkville waiting for you to drive by at some oh point. yeah no it's uh it's actually been great i've i just after speaking of that that sort of thing like just after that interaction i actually continued along bluer and had a, an interaction which a guy told me he'd seen me ticketing cars before yeah. So was he a fan of yours, or was it in? Uh, no, he was he not he, happy. To see he you? was not happy to see me. Um, but there was a guy actually on um, on Bluer there on Bluer West, and he uh, had a, a clipboard. And after this interaction with the guy who said he'd seen me before, this guy came up and he said, "Like, oh, we're actually I'm documenting uh, like people parked in the bike lane." Turns out this guy has a Twitter account called uh, Bells on Bluer. And uh, oh. my picture uh, appears on his account. Uh, you can see you can see my back. Um, and, and is he? Yeah. He's he's part of the cause, though. It sounds like he's he's he, a yeah, he's in arms, uh, yeah, right? he's uh, yeah. he is a brother in arms, most definitely. He's a little more um, yeah, a less incendiary approach to the issue. <laughs> um, but you know, yeah. But yeah, he's a. Uh, Do you so, like okay. other vigilantes, or is it like, hey, I'm the vigilante, back up? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I let him know that you know that like I was, I'm ready to throw down the like the vigilant, like I was ready to protect my ground and stand it. Um, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> when it comes to that, like I've I've watched your account, and there seems to be borderline uh, moments where you have to enact self-defense like can you handle yourself physically if it comes to fisticuffs oh yeah no i wouldn't i wouldn't pick on someone that was bigger than me no absolutely not yeah 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 no, no. <laughs> it goes the other way I, 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 yeah oh for sure yeah the elderly um you know the infirm yeah or yeah no i just yeah i i make sure i have a get have you been attacked physically though yet and how did that go down i have been attacked a few times actually yeah one guy um impersonated a police officer and uh and uh and shoved me up against you're uh, like that's tree. my job yes. <laughs> <laughs> how dare you um another guy hit me with a leather dossier um, <laughs> and uh there was an attempted kick that i was able to dodge yeah 
I, oh, I work nice. a lot on lateral movement. Um, it's it's important. <laughs> so. <laughs> um, okay, we're gonna get you out of here in, in a second. But um, yeah, our our one friend who does sort of work in law enforcement, I was mentioning you to him, and he said, you know, people are getting pretty unruly out there. You know, people have been stuck inside for a year. People have, uh, you know, people's patience is being really, really tested right now. Are you considering changing up your methods at all um, because of the time we're living in right now? Or do you say, you know, if you're in a, in a bike lane, I'm giving you a ticket and that's that? You know, um, I'm, I'm going to be giving the tickets. I've, I've given some consideration, perhaps prompted by my mother, um, to, <laughs> to perhaps engage less in conversation and, um, you know, just, just leave it at the ticket. Um, th- this has also been recommended to me by um, a member of the Toronto Police Services. So, anyway, there are, there are several people who say that I should perhaps take a, uh, you know, a recommended, less direct approach um, mm. to it. I, uh, I've been mulling it over, um, whether it would be a, a betrayal of of my ways i don't know if i have that strong moral compass about the whole thing but anyway it's a bit of fun and um yeah we'll see if i get if i if the guy with the dossier really connects once you know i might uh i might consider backing off a little bit would would you prefer a world where no one ever parks in bike lanes or are you just having too much fun with this where you actually (laughs) like being the vigilante and you'd prefer if people continue to park in the lanes Shane, i think uh i think you're i actually there's a little bit of emptiness sometimes when i pull onto a street and you're expecting like a few good uh, you know cars and then it's just clear you're like i'm happy but god damn it Yeah, it's like if you ever reached your end goal and all the cars complied, what would you do with yourself? God, yeah, I, I would hope by that time, like quarantine and all this stuff would be over. I'd actually be able to to get back to like activities beyond just my job and and cycling. Because goddamn, mm. I'd be bored if like it, it hadn't ended and I still had like nothing to do. Yeah. Are you ultimately hoping for some kind of a statue erected by the city of Toronto? Uh, <laughs> cycling vigilante. It wouldn't be like exactly you, but it would kind of look like you and for everything you represent. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm not that megalomaniacal, I don't think. Um, <laughs> that was the first time I used that word, so that could absolutely be wrong. Um, but um, a- anyway, I, uh, I, I don't aspire for that. I think, I think just a few good, you know, situations like i described on this uh on this pod well a few of those you know you know every month or so is enough to to satiate my appetite yeah all right well well thank you very much for joining us cycling vigilante be safe out there okay see ya see ya (laughs) all right bye Okay, thank you to the Cycling Vigilante. Guys, it's time for Shane's surprise. Shane, what do you got? Well, first off, I just wanted to ask, is Cycling Vigilante a guy who would be really good at handball at the Y? <laughs> I know it's a weird question. It is a weird question. Uh, I, I, mean, I want to okay. yeah. Okay, I just picture a certain type of guy, and for some reason, he was mentioning lateral movement and everything, and I, <laughs> I just feel like, oh, I think I know exactly what this guy looks like, because I've never seen him before. Mm. You've never even texted us what he looks like in the group, which I would like to see, but I, I was just wondering if I had him pegs, and sometimes I'm good at that. But anyway, Shane's surprise. All right, guys, 
I think Instagram is like, you know, the way we look at Facebook, mm-hmm. like, yeah. oh, that's for our parents. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I feel like that's what's happened to Instagram mm-hmm. for us. Like, and we have this, we have this Mike on much Instagram account. Great. We get some DMs. We put up some photos. It, it gets that limited engagement that Instagram tends to, you know, funnel you to, which is just mm-hmm. what your follower count is. Do we get a Mike on much TikTok account? Is it time? I think we absolutely do get a mic on much TikTok account. And I think uh, we could produce some wicked content for for TikTok. I would like to say, though, um, I, I get where you're, where you're going with this Instagram is, is a past thing. I'd say that Instagram's best function is photographs. That is truly where that app thrives. And nobody is traveling anywhere right now. I think the second that people can go places and see people, uh, Instagram will have a comeback. That, that'd be my guess. I disagree. It's already the number like uh, TikTok's already the number one downloaded app. It's it's beaten. No, no, I'm not saying. Instagram. No, I'm saying that I'm saying right now Instagram use in general is lower, and the reason is is that nobody is taking photos of literally anything because nobody has gone anywhere. But when people can begin to like, because Instagram is a great app to look at photos, and when people can travel and go to events and stuff, people will want to snap and take those photos. But think about how they change the algorithm. And like a lot of people I follow, I never see them. They never come up. Even if it's only like the two people I actually look at all the stories. If I don't click on someone's stories for a week, I never see them again. So many times I'll have to go to a friend. I'll just think of it and I'll be like, holy shit, they put up eight photos that I've never seen because it doesn't go chronological anymore. Mm. So I was just yeah. thinking, I'm not saying let's get rid of our Instagram. I'm just saying, should we get a TikTok and should we assign somebody to it like have like a tiktok i don't know division uh, are we talking about like hiring somebody to produce content because the thing is it's like no yeah I, I, i'm into it i'm definitely into it because i think it'll attract people to the podcast that people mm-hmm. and i think there is you know we started to do these just little 30 second recaps of the episode to promote the new episode like hey yeah. it's here i'm talking about this 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 and this and a, a 20 second version of that that has a good hook in the first three seconds that might drive people to our podcast because we're yeah. three hunky dudes uh, that are smart and interesting. <laughs> Two and a half tops. <laughs> hey, wait a second. Um, so yeah, I'm into that. Let's do it. Because Jill with this paper shoot camera th- operation she had, it started with zero followers and she got them to like 30,000 within eight days. Wow. What, what is that again? I've it's just it. this little paper. It's this camera made out of paper. Mm. It's like a digital camera and, she got it really popular. She was like the All face right. of it. Or All right. I dig this. I dig this. Mm-hmm. I, I dig this. So so how do we see this? Do we bring in Jill and Sunday Best? I was thinking about it. I wanted to run it by you. I, I wasn't sure how we would do it. But to me, like I was like, oh, like seeing what she did with paper shoot camera was amazing. And I was like, if we made her like the the voice of it and she edits clips that we give her and ideas and then you're starring in one or you, you know what I mean? It's like this weird collaboration where she's the person. I don't know. I'm so down. Just, I'm down. Yeah. P. Done. And then my second thing was, what is your favorite viral video? And I'll go first with mine. What you think? Wow. So to me, the funniest viral video is, and this can't be duplicated, but it's the woman who's testing grapes grape stomping and then she falls over and hurts herself and 
I know it sounds terrible because somebody hurts herself, but she was totally okay. And that's what makes it still funny to this day, knowing that she ended up being fine. But just her reaction falling over, like and seeing her freak out and going, ow, 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 <laughs> Like, it's just the funniest thing. And second place I have, I like turtles, the zombie boy. And that, that kid, again, was totally normal. It seemed like he's a bit of a, a strange kid, but that kid grew up to just be a, a normal kid and was just having a weird, like he was just freezing on camera. <laughs> So what are your favorite videos? I just watched uh, again because it was like the four year anniversary or something like that. And it legit held up and still like made me laugh is the guy who's doing like a BBC, some some like hit where he's talking about like world affairs and his daughter comes into his home office and she comes stomping (laughs) in like all like bravado. So relatable, yeah. Oh, and then the mom, like, and then the baby comes in, like in like, it's just, it's a, you couldn't, like the fact that it's real and organic, but it looks like it's out of a Mel Brooks film or something like that just makes, and the guy just dying of embarrassment and trying to like grin his way through it. And then the mom exploding into the room to try and, you know what I mean? And it was just, that to me is my favorite uh, viral clip. And to this day, it like, it makes me laugh so damn hard. Okay. So my favorite um, viral video would be from this family tree. When you sent Lucy packing, this was good. Hey, there we go. 7.8 million views as of this recording. It doesn't lie. It does yeah. not lie. Oh, wait. No, that one's only 500,000. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Shit.